and welcome to Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. This is Russ Shaw. This is part two of Take a Bullet in the series The Bomb Has Gone Off. Russ, Dana, James, and Celia in a group style show. We continue with part two. Is any of this making sense? Russ at digitalaudioproject.com. Please email me. I want to hear your stories. I want to hear your feedback. Here we go. Take a bullet. Yeah, you know, I didn't wake up one day and say, you know, I think I'm going to be a porn addict. You know, it's not something I aspire to do. And I don't think you planned, you know, when you married James and said your vows, you didn't plan on having an affair. No. It wasn't something you, oh, I'm just going to... I think I'm just going to go have a fair today. That was, right. Yeah. It was some, it was, it's, a, it's a thing in us that's broken. It's, yeah. it's our sin. And the more we identify with it, the more we beat the crap out of ourselves, we follow that thing down yeah. to its, to its uh, destructive... The Bible talks about um, lust um, as f- like following a lamb to the slaughter. Right. You know, that analogy, because that's really what it is. You might not die physically, but you, we are trying to put to death our relationship by not dealing with the crap that causes us to do this. It is frustrating, too, because, um, you know, what happens early on in life is we we get wounded from day one, the minute we're born, you know, we're innocent and pure, and then as we grow and things affect us in uh, relationships with our parents or no matter what, you know, childhood things that happen to us, uh, maybe we're violated. Maybe there's been abuse, maybe there's been a death in the family. I mean, just things that wound you. You know, those are those are just doorways for Satan to get in there and feed the lies. Yeah, Well, you right. know, you caused this. Your mom left because of you. Um, these lies just get bigger and bigger. And, and as adults, if we never get help for this, and we don't even know we need help for this until we try to have a relationship. That's you know, right. we can have friends because that's easy. It's the relationship, intimate relationship mm-hmm. with each other as marriage that it's just, we just don't know how to do it. We have a really big misconception on what real love is because we don't feel like we are worthy yeah. of true love. And if we push you away before you leave us, then that's a good thing because we know then we didn't cause it. Yeah. You see what I mean? Because those lies just grow. And, and I think that that's a, a big root problem that many people are with. A lot of things in their past have never truly worked out, you know, that this really was not about them. You know, things that are done to you or things that you have been injured by don't make who you are. Yeah. You know, you can't take Christ out of you. We that's were right. born with his likeness. Uh, he's in us. And uh, Satan just tries to get in there and screw that all up. Yeah, he tries to tell us. He tries to uh, get away from our true identity. Absolutely. Of who we are. Yeah. He constantly... The name Satan, the, the word Satan, actually means the accuser. The accuser. And he yeah. constantly telling us that yeah. you know, God doesn't love us. Yeah. Or, you know, like Rick talked about the Bible today in church, did a whole sermon about the Bible and, you know, blowing the dust off it and actually reading it. You know, cause, and that's what the devil told me constantly yeah. growing up is that's just a big book of rules, Russ. You start right. getting into that yeah. Bible, you're just going to feel yeah. more like crap about yourself. Yeah. God doesn't really love you anyway. You know, that kind of stuff is that you constantly... I was running through my mind. And that's a good a good point for you to bring up is that, you know, the, the whole identity issue and when you try to have a marriage, when you've got a person who is, is really damaged internally, um, has a whole different view of the way things are, the way things should be, doesn't really know about intimacy, uh, 
with somebody who maybe wasn't brought up with all this baggage. You know, everyone has their own, but, but some people have an easier time with intimacy. Um, what happens is, you know, it does. It just it, it implodes on itself, and, and it comes out in the form of bad behaviors. Um, yeah. Not just the socially acceptable bad ones, but, you know, other stuff as well. I mean, this could be carried over in every aspect of your life. You can be disorganized. You can, oh, yeah. not, you can self-sabotage every area of your life and not even know you're doing it. Um, it's a fear of success, and that carries to marriage, that carries to friendships, it carries to business, it carries to every aspect of your life. Because he wants you to think that you're not worthy of it. Yeah. And um, that the identity is crucial. You have to discover your true identity and who you are before you can take that over to your partner and be in a marriage with them as a husband or a wife. Yeah. Because if your identity isn't with God, then how can you have an identity in a marriage? That's right. You know what I mean? It's, it's so important that people understand that self-deprecation and beating up on yourself you is attaching to, yourself to your sin. You it's chasing your sin down. To a point where you can forgive yourself at some point. Yeah. Well, I wanted to go back to the intimacy thing, where because we, we were talking about being so raw and wanting to know everything yeah. until the movies went away. Mm-hmm. The intimacy part, I think that might have been a helpful thing because when you're so raw and saying what's on your mind mm-hmm. is an intimacy thing, then just sitting in front of TV, watching TV together, hugging each other—that's not intimacy. It's it's if you have something fear in your that it's going through your head, or like business, if at work something happened, yeah. talk about that. That's mm-hmm. just something that's an intimate mm-hmm. thing, yeah. and just going and dealing with your friends and right. your you know watching TV and or it's just scary. not it's talking. Scary too. It's yeah. real, It's scary when you have somebody who's willing to let you say what's yeah. really true in uh-huh. there. I mean, when we got into that group together in that first marriage group we were in, all together, all of us. Mm-hmm. And we were able to just spill the junk. I mean, really, stuff that was just, you know, a lot of... Brutally, emotionally naked stuff we did. Vulnerable as you could possibly be. I mean, you're naked, and here's all your junk out there on the carpet, and nobody said, go away. And said, hey, you know what? I want to know more, and now I want to love you, and I want to make sure you're okay. I mean, that's just... That is... uh, It's it's amazing, because if, if people who really need help don't have somebody in their life that can let them be brutally, graphically honest and real, there's no hope. You just said that that's what I was wanting to get at right there because having your husband, your spouse, just to be able to say anything, Mm -hmm. anything, and know that it's safe just between the two of you mm-hmm. and not it's going to go everywhere else or mm-hmm. people are going to talk about it. Yeah, it's vulnerable. Yeah. It's a very vulnerable position, but I think vulnerability is, a, uh, particularly for the offenders, you know, the offender, we're the ones who are very skilled at manipulating and, and yeah. we <laughs> got to learn. It, it's a really hard process and I think the timeline is, is very important that we have to actually just lay down that defense mechanism. Wanting to manipulate yeah. the situation to go our way, and, and we have to just give up that's and the say, question. okay, you know what, now, here I am. Yeah. That's the question I wanted to ask is, what got, because Russ was just like that too. I mean, I was I know. abusive <laughs> to him, and uh, I remember. You know, yeah. yeah. And what gets you and Russ into that point that you can stand there and just take that from us and still love us for doing what we're doing to you, you know, even. Because you never left. Yeah. That is exactly what it is. It's because we knew. Inside, to our core, we knew. Yeah. You know, I knew this man would have left a long time ago if he didn't truly love me. Why would he stay? 
right. I kept screwing up. Um, and then also having you guys and other couples and people saying, hey, you know what, you're valuable to me. I'm not going to allow you to screw up anymore. I want to know your junk, and I'm going to keep you accountable. Yeah. And damn it, if it's... Un- Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. The show is marked explicit. It is. Well, really, I could go on a roll then. <laughs> um, actually, I mean, just just having people say, you know, uh, here's the deal. We're tired of it. But yeah. we had another marriage group too. After ours was um, not happening anymore, we went to another one, and you know, we were still struggling with the same stuff. And they basically sat me down and did an intervention on me and said, "Hey, guess what? Each person went around that room and told me how I hurt them right. and how much they loved me and why they were there. And you know, I didn't like it. I, I was terrified and." I was. I wanted to retaliate, and I did. I stood up and I walked out. And one of the elders from our church, she came out and got me, and she said, "There is no way in hell you are leaving this place because I love you too much and you are too valuable." Right. And so she made me get back in that room and sit there and listen to this whole thing, which was yeah. orchestrated by by James uh, mostly and Dan Hazen. And I love that attitude too. It's not like no. You're the little sinner. Yeah. We're gonna, you're going to go in here and take your medicine. No. It was how much we love you and care about you. It was we and see we want great you value. to see. Yeah. Yes, we see a person of great value before I, us, and we love you, and you have something we want. That's right. You have something that we are drawn to in you, and you are wasting it. Right. And we don't, we're not going to let you go down. So it, it was love. Yeah. It, pure and simple. And I knew he would have left a long time ago, but he didn't. I couldn't push him away. And I did try. I mean, I tried, you know. We do. Uh-huh. We try because we know, we, we feel we're not worthy of him. Yeah. You know, we, we just don't feel like we I, mean, I remember even having suicidal thoughts. Thinking, you know, and you I know. did as well. Yeah. I did as well. I never shared those. This is the first time I've ever mentioned that actually to anybody. But um, it was just, uh, it was all about really grasping the situation and Dan Hazen again somebody who I really resonate with um, on a real emotional level because he really truly understands this kind of struggle um, he had said to me one time embrace the pain yeah. and then you know right after Dan said that years ago Dan said that to me after this whole intervention and we had to actually separate for three months and it, that is when I really started to understand what love meant mm-hmm. and that these people I shouldn't be angry at them I should be thankful that they're in my life because they cared about me enough to say cut the crap, I'm not going to allow you to do this anymore I want you to heal from this and you will and you can and we know you can because you know what you have all the strength at your, at your feet here, you know God is right here and another thing um, which I also struggled with too Celia is that uh, you know people with intimacy problems rarely have just one addiction mm-hmm. um, uh, you had an addiction to gambling as well didn't mm-hmm. you yep yes you did and that was what basically what the intervention was, was mostly about it was more about that yeah than anything because it was a it was something you know once the infidelity had happened and then that was an issue that I, I never re-offended in that area but because the emotional work hadn't really I mean there was so much emotional work taking place all the time the root of the problems you know they were still there the roots of why the intimacy issues were existing that hadn't been worked on 
Right. And so, you know, it takes another form. And what happened was then I, I kind of got hooked on gambling accidentally. I had yeah. a friend tell me, oh, I went to the casino and I won all this money. And I thought, oh, wow, that'd be really cool. So I went. Well, guess what? First day I go, I win a whole bunch of money. Yeah. Imagine that. What are the yeah. odds, huh? Beginner's <laughs> luck. Oh, why yeah. do they call it beginner's, beginner's luck? luck? It's the little fish hook, too. Right. Yeah, yeah they yeah. see a new face, they really in, and guess what? I went back and did it again, uh -huh. and then I, that was all it took. I was hooked. I mean, it was stimulation. Right. Um, and I needed stimulation. Um, and so the filling that void of whatever is inside that's missing, of course, which I know now is just God calling, saying, hey, yeah. Here I am. Take me. I love the uh, doctor I had on my show. Dr. Gearhart was a surgeon. wrote a book called uh, Say Goodbye to Stubborn Sin. And he, uh, he, he did the analogy of uh, Jesus is like the great surgeon. And he's mm -hmm. pushing on that pain, going, this hurts, oh, don't it? Yes. And we're praying, going, God, please, I don't want to do this behavior anymore. Please just take this from me, you know. Why don't you just take getting angry? And I remember just, God, why don't you just take this thing from me? And, and God is pushing on that pain, saying... There's something in here I want you to deal with. That's exactly and, right. Uh, and that's the big thing about about grace, too, James, is that um, is, is grace isn't necessarily forgiveness. And I love what you said about somebody can trade one addiction for another. When I was on the uh, the radio here in Seattle, uh, live from Seattle with Thor Tolo here on AM820 in Seattle, there was a caller who said that he just got went through a 12-step program, got over alcoholism, and started his porn addiction. Right. And it's really having the patience to deal with somebody who's as broken as, as we are. Um, grace isn't necessarily forgiveness, is it, James? It's, it's, it's going through that process with, with your wife, my wife going through that process with me, Talk just, about that for a minute. That's the well, last chapter. That was just recently when I read your book, which touched me. That chapter, I think it was the second chapter, last chapter, or the last chapter, which which was grace. grace. And I knew I forgave Russ, but when I read that chapter, I said, "Did I give him grace for that? What really is the difference between forgiveness and grace?" And so Russ and I have been kind of we were struggling through that, and he's been helping me with that. So I would love to hear more about. There's it. actually three aspects. There's they kind of seem to be tied together are very difficult. It's the forgiveness, trust, and grace. And I think uh, that people may put the forgiveness and trust automatically together. You forgave me, so you should trust me now. <laughs> right. Like me. Which like, of course, exactly. and that's exactly okay, what you know, and she, yeah. uh, you know, she had this gambling issue. She didn't make the house payment. And she asked for forgiveness. I gave her forgiveness. Now give me the checkbook. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. No. Yeah. So forgiveness in my mind, and I, I, I apologize. I do not know. This is not my brainchild. Uh, this came from somebody else. But uh, forgiveness is forgiving, letting go of the past. Mm -hmm. And trust is built on future behaviors. Uh, so there's an accountant at church embezzles a lot of money. Now, that, that person, is, it comes to light, and that person is loved by the church, is welcome to attend the church, but that person's not going to allow it to be to touch the books. Now, that doesn't mean that's forever. Maybe five, ten years down the road, they can earn the trust by behaviors that they're demonstrating, uh, their humble heart, being repentant, and that might be a possibility down the road. You know, it's not that silly is going to be banned from the checkbooks forever. 
<laughs> but I don't want them. not right off the bat, is right. it? I mean, she, her behavior demonstrates a lot of can I trust her with money, things like that. So forgiveness doesn't automatically give trust. Right. Now the grace is a difficult because I really, really struggle with that, and I had to go to our pastor Rick about that. I'm going, you know, here's God. I mean, the, the all-knowing, incredible. You know, he, he chooses not to dwell on it anymore. I'm not God. How can I not dwell on it? How can I not remember it? I'm going. So how do how do I give grace? And he's asking me to. I go. I can I can forgive her, and that's a choice. It's not about feelings. That's a choice. God wants me to forgive her, and because I love God, I will do it for God. All right, I forgive you. Yeah. <laughs> Even that's good. But you still and, suck. <laughs> you still suck. Yeah. But how do I give grace? Right. And and that's also choice. So what Rick walked me through is you treat them as you forgave them. You treat them as you gave grace. So I don't bring it up. I don't, I don't use that infidelity in a, in a fight. We're in a fight. I don't use that as a weapon. Right. Well, you did that. Right. I win. You know? yeah. I don't use it as a weapon. I don't bring it up. Like it, I don't like it didn't happen. Uh-huh. And at times it's hard because you want to use it as yeah. a weapon. It's, it's a okay. process, isn't it, James? Yeah. It's not something that you and, just and that's do. What you just curb launch, here we go. And, and that's what he, he said. It. He goes, you know what? You're going to fail. Yeah. You're going to use it as a weapon. You're going to use it against her, etc. And then you know what? You just offended against her. Yeah, now it's your time. It's your turn to ask her for forgiveness. And then recommit to grace. And do it again. And then it gets a little bit better. And, there's, and then there's less of that bringing it up as a weapon. And the the part that is uh, that brings this home for me, and hopefully for you too, Dana, is that just recently, about a month ago, maybe two months ago, uh, a, a gentleman I, I meet with every month, and he asked me a question because he ha- has a, 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 there's something going on with his marriage. He asked me, he goes, you know, 18 months ago when when you had this incident with your wife, I go, what were you, what were you th- going to do? And I, I paused. I'm thinking. I'm going, what what was it? I, I remember I was pissed. Right. I was angry. I think I wanted to kick her out of the house. And I mean, it, it, this took minutes. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I'm going, what did I do? I go, okay, well, I think we went and talked to our counselor, Alec. And I think I brought our, our, our pastor in so he could hear what our, our counselor is suggesting to us. And then my, our pastor and, and myself went and talked to you. The, the gentleman is asking this question. And this took like five minutes to try to remember it. And then after the conversation, it dawned on me. He, 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 at the end of the conversation, he shared it. He goes, boy, you really put that in your past, haven't you? And it dawned on me, that was grace. Right. It finally, I, it, it, we, we, I forgave, I went through the process, I made the choice, the steps to forgive her. And, you know, if, if there was a reoffense, you know, it's a reset button. You're starting all over and you bring up everything from the past. But there, that wasn't happening. So we moved forward. We made steps. We healed. We made these these steps forward. In, in this narrow path that you talked about, right. guys. Not easy, but it's very it's narrow, but it's straight. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, 18 months ago was really hard to recall. So to me, also now there is that godly grace that was so hard to mm-hmm. think about. How can I forever forget? <laughs> It was very difficult yeah. to remember. Right. Yeah. And that's something I want to go back to when we were talking about how me and Celia would just take it, um, that onslaught of, of the words and the stuff. And and I think that 
I want to address that a little bit here because I think that there's people who may be listening who are going through this pattern now and maybe you've been going through it for years. Uh, I think it's important that you address it and maybe as the, uh, there, come, there becomes the saint-sinner attitude and that becomes when we, the sinner, start attaching ourselves to our sin. It just rolls downhill. So I think that we may need to help the person that we're in the argument with identify the grace. I did a, I did a controversial show on the F word. The F word. The, 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 the big word in our society that means... Um, to strike, that's the definition of it. It means to strike, it means to strike with malice. If you say that word twice in a movie, it's rated R and can only be seen by adults. Why is that? It's just a word. That word means to strike. And when our, when our arguments that we get in, when our dialogue with our spouse gets to that point where we are striking that person, that's when it's unhealthy. And that's when I think the person being struck um, needs to find a clever way not to... Um, Stop beating on me! Uh, uh, you know we do deserve it. We have the uh, the humble <coughs> attitude where yes, we do deserve the pain we put you through. But at the same time, um, that's part of grace too, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It, there, it, there's a phrase uh, a friend of mine said is that it, this goes along the grace that we have received by Christ uh-huh. is that we're not worthy, right. but we're not worthless. That's right. We're actually priceless. I mean, we're so priceless. That Christ sacrificed Himself for us. <laughs> I mean, really, that to me is an incredible awe. We are that priceless. So yeah, we're not worthy. We've all screwed up. What's the offense against me? I've done many times to Christ, and and that's a, a perspective. I, oh, you know what? If I'm hurt by her, etc., go. You know what? I did that to Christ in some form too. Right. I did that to Christ in some way, somewhat, some form. Uh, why am I so pissed off at her? How is Christ dealing with me? He just picked up a cross, and it took all my burden. Right. But how would you how would you tell the listener that? Because the listener is probably more than likely me and Celia. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think? Um, how how would you uh, say that we could bring that to you and help you identify that in, in that kind of hurt, in that kind of pain? I'm not sure if I'm understanding the question. Yeah. Um, basically, if you're striking me and I'm closing up and I can identify that I'm closing up on you, how do I stop that? How do I come back at you with something that I can say that is going to um, okay. I understand. identify me as, as being... And, and we did go through that. Right. Um, right. It, yeah, it's... Um, it goes back to uh, something you have said is uh, having a safe place. Right. If I'm not a safe place for her to be transparent and to air her dirty laundry, she's not going to do it for very long. Right. Um, but what was stated to me that helped me put it in perspective, not that I always followed it, I screwed up because I'm human and flawed, was that she has rights. She has rights not. too. She was offended. She offended against me. Chapter she, in your book. Yeah. Right. And um, she has those rights. She has rights to be respected, uh-huh. not to be abused, and those kind of things. So, um, if my journey, and this is a journey for the rest of my life, this is a journey we're going to take for the rest of our lives, is to work through that. 
You know, do I um, do that perfectly every day? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I screw up probably daily. I'm sure she would tell you confirm that. Right. But you know, it. But then again, see, then I'm the offender in that moment. Yeah. And I do need to ask for forgiveness. And I don't do very well with that. Right. But she has rights. She has the the right to be heard. She has the right to be loved. She has the right to not to be abused. Mm-hmm. And when you're hurt, you're just, I, I'm, I, I'm not sure what the the psychological reason behind it, but maybe you're trying to, to get rid of the hurt is right. to lash out. Yeah. And they're the closest ones. I mean, they're the ones hurt you, so oh, they're yeah. the logical target. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, well, why don't I just go out and have an affair too? Yeah. That will teach her. Yeah. Well, that's not, I mean, now we just got a whole nother set of baggage. You got a whole nother family that you devastated. Because yeah. that person you had an affair with, I'm sure, has a spouse and children. Yeah. Okay, so I mean that's not going to. And there's not a whole lot with your sin. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of difference from doing that and being verbally abusive. Right, that's right. So you have to remember. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to remember they have rights too. Yes, they hurt you. There's that dynamic too in in marriage where you always have uh, diametrically different people because that's that's the whole intent. You know, that's why God put us together the way He did. I mean, we're always attracted to someone totally opposite of ourselves. But, I mean, right. that seems to be the trend from what I've noticed from many, many couples that we know. Everybody seems to be paired up with their opposite on purpose because we come together and we make a whole one flesh team. And yeah. you have to be opposite. I mean, you have to be diametrically different. And that's the beauty of it. You have a dynamic. There's always the person in the relationship who has sort of a dominant dynamic uh, not not domineering but just a dominant dynamic he's an A-type uh-huh. I'm not you know I'm touchy-feely happy-go-lucky kind of like you are uh-huh. um, you know Dana and James get things done yeah. <laughs> don't ask me to organize anything I'm kind okay? of an A-type too I get things done it's well, just mostly you know, a disaster I too, but I have a rabbit trail <laughs> when I do it right I yeah. do too I get things done but I have a whole roundabout rabbit trail way of getting them yeah, done it's too. never a straight line you I think right now if somebody looks at my show on iTunes it's under Buddhism <laughs> I'm not sure why but I'm a Christian just to, just to let you know you're downloading the show and you're a Buddhist I'm sorry but yes. that's funny my feet is messed up. And, That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Well, the dynamic is, I think a lot of times, the offender takes on the dynamic of, you know, the, the, the dog on the ground that gets kicked. Yeah. Um, and they welcome it. Mm-hmm. And the person who is offended against, maybe they're the one who re- then takes on the dominant dynamic because they kind of hold all the cards right now. If you want to look at the worldview of it, the worldview right. is... Well, you know, you're kind of in the doghouse, and you just have to stay there with your tail between your legs until such time as you are told you can come out. That's right. And that's that's humility. That's humility. But God has a different view of that. His view is, yes, you have to humble yourself, acknowledge what you've done, take responsibility for it, own your part, which is huge part. Right. And I'll take care of your spouse. Right. You take care of you. And you know what? They have a right to be angry, but they don't have a right to abuse you. That's right. And when you start to feel in your gut, and you will feel it, you know when that point is reached where you're being abused now, you might start to rise up and get angry right back, and that's the worst thing you could do. Because then that just fuels the fire. The hardest thing in the world is to just shut your mouth and say, I can't engage 
I can't engage now. I yeah, that's cool off. To Let's take a breather away. and stop for a little It's while. difficult. It is harder than, I mean, it is so hard to do that, but that's the best thing to do. Right. And we had some rules for that. And we, we had, had to actually write rules. Them down. We had a contract, rules of engagement, basically. <laughs> that's what we called it. It's great. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, because my, my defense mechanism is saying, forget you, I'm, I'm just going to walk away. Uh. And I could walk away for three, four, oh, seven days. And that's that not would okay. devastate her. Yeah, that's not okay. Right? And yeah. she would follow me. I'm, just, I'm getting <laughs> ang- more and more angry. And she's following me, throwing darts in my back and saying these outlandish things. And I'm saying, leave me alone before I just explode. And she's coming after I me. Just so, want and then I would, <laughs> then I would be uh, over the top. Mm-hmm. Here, now I'm exploding. And here comes the verbal lashing, etc., like right. that. So we had we had to come to rules of engagement. So for us, is okay when she's saying like that. Time we need time out. We're not being civil towards each other. We're not being healthy towards each other. We're not pr- progressing in a healthy manner towards each other. We need to stop. And that was usually me because I can easily stop. Now, not to devastate her, I, I had 24 hours to come back, not t- 48 or any more. 24 hours. And she can endure 24 hours of not coming after me and egging yeah. me on. Yeah, it's just because she knew, long. okay, I can let him go because I know he's coming back. Mm-hmm. If she didn't know, because that's what, I'm gone, I'm done with this, well, I need some yeah. clarification. I need to, to get this resolved and, and have some reconciliation between our relationship. And, and so that's... Um, that was for us. Worked. It, it came. It was just basic rules of engagement for, for us, us. You had to say, "I still love you," but, but I'm stepping away for a moment, right? Mm-hmm. When I asked you, when I was in that situation, we would get in those moments. It was almost like you would say, I, "We need to take a rest," but I still love you. I want you to know that because I almost needed that. Yeah, that you were still you still love me, but you were angry at this point, and, and you just need. I still love mm-hmm. you, but I need to. The break mm-hmm. here, right? Don't you yeah. think that with um, the people that, the, you know, the offenders in these kind of situations, I think a lot of the time their the problem stems from a serious uh, fear of abandonment and being uh-huh. rejected. Right. Um, <coughs> being, um, you know, some just real strong uh, abandonment issues, I think, can be a real piece of why this whole thing occurs. Um, and so that's one of my my deepest issues was abandonment. And when he would just leave after getting mad, I was annihilated. Right. And I felt like I deserved it. Yeah. Well, I can't really say anything because I created this. And that just made it worse and made it harder for me to accept um, that I actually do have rights. I, I actually, you know, it just it just really was a downward spiral. And so that was when the rules came about. When we worked with Alec, he said, you know, that's a long time for her right. to go right. and not know where you are, what you're doing, because now you have basically withdrawn your love. And that's the big issue for me is love withdrawal. Right. Because um, of the way I'm wired and the way I was raised and all of the issues I've had to work through, love withdrawal is the hardest thing for me to take. It's the, you know, um, I'm going to give you the silent treatment, I'm going to take myself away from you. You know, that's a hard thing for people with my dynamic to respond to. I think you might understand right. what I'm yeah. saying. It's the, yeah. the withdrawal. It's like you don't love me anymore because right. you're it's, acting like I'm that. I'm going to punish you for yeah. your And behavior. then that just fuels our own self-hatred. It does. Yeah. It just takes that self-deprecation to a whole new level. And so that was once we were able to identify 
that this is what my issue really is all about, fear of abandonment. Yeah. So, you know, if and, I... And all that can be solved with grace. Right. right and Janice. so that, way, that really was a lot of... That helped establish the rules. Right. At least my part of the rules for me was this is what I need because when you go and you're mad for seven days, I want to just jump off the deck. You know, right. I'm like, geez, this is excruciating. Yeah. And what you said about grace, James, was just so powerful. Yeah. And, uh, it's tough to do, and it's that uphill battle, but it is so worth it, isn't it? It's an, it's an everyday. It, it, it is a choice. Yeah. And and what you guys are, are sharing, it's a, again, that's it's a choice. It's not based on feelings. Uh, going back to the question about the people who are in the midst of it, um, the person who is lashing out is, are we choosing to work on this? Are we choosing yeah. to make uh, to bring this one flesh back together? Yes. Okay, well then, that's that step. Okay, yes. Now the next step is, well, how do we treat each other? Mm-hmm. Rules of engagement. How do we talk to each other? How do we how do we fight? Mm-hmm. How do we how argue? Do we how do we disagree? disagree? Yeah. You know, and and when uh, and and the other thing, uh, you know, there was so much junk she, when she was sharing with me. She couldn't remember it all. No, that's true. And, and, and that's important, I think, for your listeners to know is that because what we brought up is I don't want to find out about something else a year down the road and be reset. But there, she, you know, there's so many things she couldn't remember it all. Right. So we had to set those rules up. Okay, when I remember something, Which James, I, how do I bring it to you? Right. Uh-huh. Which it, it wasn't because I was know. hiding it or being secretive. I just didn't remember it. And all of a sudden, this something happened today, and now I ha- I remembered it. So how do I bring that to you? So we had have rules of that and uh, basically just real quick is that she would say I have something to share with you uh, in this area is this a good time and that gave me the choice am I ready or not because I may not be ready because I just had a really bad day at work or the kids are doing something or whatever reason I'm not in the right frame of mind but I know it's coming and when I'm ready I can go back to her and say, okay, now let's talk if it is still good for you. Right. And But the funny thing is, when she just came to me and just shared it, I, it that didn't work too well. But the moment she said, it, I have this, and it gave me the choice, I've always said, I'm ready. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had the choice. Yeah. Who, who knew? You know? But that was to give me the right frame. Now I'm ready to receive it because I just said, I'm ready. You know, for me, that just recently just happened about, what, a week ago? Um, Russ had mentioned something that he did back when he was into porn and all that. And that kind of brought up, wait a minute, um, you never told me that. And I was thinking, what, two years ago I would have been at a different place where I would have just, what? Absolutely. But because of what we've gone through, and I know his heart, and I know where he's at now and stuff, it was... I didn't freak out about it. I just kind of said, you never told me about that. He goes, I didn't. And then I thought to myself, well, if he thought he told me about that, and he's telling me now he thought he told me about it at that time I was asking for everything. So there's no big deal. Right. <laughs> then it true. was so easy, true. and I didn't like, a couple of years ago, I would have just lashed out, and it would have went back, like you said, to the very yeah, beginning, right and it would all started again. Yeah. And it yeah. didn't. It was. It, there's been healing and forgiveness and grace. Yeah, see that? That's grace. That's right. The book is Taking a Bullet by uh, James T. Brooke. Uh, you can get this book. I'm going to have a link on my website, uh, or you can go to outskirtspress.com. 
and, and buy the book. I, I encourage pastors to buy this book and maybe buy six of them at a time because this is a book that you don't necessarily are going to sit down online and wait three days for it to come in the mail. I mean, there is some, there's a bomb that's gone off. There is something huge that has happened. And, and this book, I tell you, um, pastors, counselors listening to the show, this book can change the lives of people who the bomb has just gone off. They're ready to sever the relationship. Um, th- this book is a powerful, powerful tool. It's a powerful weapon against the enemy in, in destroying families today. Because I'll tell you, I get so frustrated when I hear about how the, you know, w- the homosexuals are, are destroying marriage in this country. You know what? Christians are doing more to destroy marriage than, than anybody because we do not face it. We do not right. take it on and say there is a problem in our church with the people in our church and their marriages. And I care enough about those people to do something about it. And that's why I encourage pastors to, to buy this book, buy, buy a bunch of them, because someone's going to come into your office, like James here, and he's going to be shot. He's going to feel like he's got a bullet in his chest. And, and you need to have uh, be equipped with something to hand a guy like James or someone like my wife who has caught me after the fourth time in my compulsive porn addiction that I didn't even think I could do anything about because I was afraid to talk to my pastors about it and they didn't know how to handle it. Um, If you're hearing my voice and you're a pastor or a counselor, you do not have that excuse anymore. This book is that powerful. Um, I've said this before, I'll say it again, I'm trying not to be Mr. Book Salesman here, but I am passionate about this book. I'm passionate about this work that ties families, that brings families back together, that is, there's people praying, there's children like me praying that my spouse, that, that my dad does not go live someplace else on the weekends. They are praying those prayers right now. What are you doing about it? Are you just going to be like uh, the Good Samaritan and just kind of walk on by? Oh, I'll pray for you, brother. See you. I'll pray for you. You know, no. Take some action. Take some action steps. Um, get this book. Take it. Take a bullet. Um, point in the direction. Make it. Make it a, a fierce battle. Bruce, may I say one more thing? You bet. I appreciate your kind words about it, but uh, there's one thing I want to share. It's the very beginning of the, of the book. Is mm-hmm. is my affirmation to my wife when the affair happened? Um, I was asked by Christ to take. Pick up my cross, Mark eight thirty four. Take up your burden and follow me. My wife is now at that point. Um, it's a continue of taking bullets. It's a continue burden, but it you know it's from my point of view, it's a lot easier for me to air the laundry. It's a whole different perspective for my wife, who's the fender to air her laundry. Right. She is so willing to be so transparent to go on to a show where thousands and thousands of people and allow a book to be published where anyone, anyone can read it and know all this about her. Right. That is powerful. Okay. She is being so willing to be transparent for the purpose of God's kingdom. Yeah. And that's being the body of Christ. And right that's there. being the body. She could hide this. And we've, had, we've we had many conversations. Should we publish it? She's always had the veto right. And she always said, I want it to be published because I don't want any darkness any darkness. I don't want any part of this not being transparent. I want it to be fully in the light. Right. 
Right. And that's why she, I mean, of all people to say, be reserved, to be reluctant to go on the show, she says, no, let's do it. Because she knows it can benefit others. It will further God's kingdom. I just wanted to give her the credit for that because she has picked up a very heavy cross to follow Christ. That's right. My wife, too, and I don't say this enough, honey, but you really are huge in this ministry. Um, if you're listening to my voice right now, this woman sitting next to me would, would not be possible if it wasn't for her. Um, if she had not wanted me to do this, I would not be doing it. She has full veto rights in this ministry as well. So, again, honey, you know, I, I wanted to say the same with you, and I don't say it enough, and, and, I, and I apologize for that, but I love you so much. I just love you, and I'm, I'm so glad that, that you're here with me and that we, we do this ministry. I'm the voice of it. I'm the host, but my wife um, is emotionally naked out there, too. And I, and I just thank God for both of you ladies who, who are taking the, up your cross. And that takes a tremendous amount of courage. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, it just, it does. that's right, being more more ballsy than a lot of guys out there, you know, speaking frankly. They got great right hair. They got some big ovaries. That's right. That's right. So, uh, I, again, I thank you guys for being on the show. I'm trying to be podcast safe with my music, so I'm only going to air the last 30 seconds of a song by a band called Guns N' Roses, who I do not agree with everything they say in their music, all right? I just wanted to say that. I, I, I look for the positives in, in bands. But there's a song they wrote called uh, Sweet Child of Mine. And the last part of that song is the most powerful part, where he's talking all about how much he loves his... It was about his girlfriend. And he talks about all about how he loves her, and all about the great relationship that they have. I never want to see pain in your eyes, he says in the song. But the last 30 seconds of that song, you know what he says? Where do we go now? Where do we go? Over and over again. Where do we go now? That and that's what I want to end this with. So, my email is uh, russ at digitalaudioproject.com. Uh, send me an email if anything you think is re- unrealistic in the show, or anything you, you disagree with what I say, you agree with what I say, you have a story to tell, I want to hear it. Uh, russ at digitalaudioproject.com. You're hurting, you, you identify with. Uh, me and Celia here, or maybe you identify with uh, Dana and James. Uh, send me an email. Get it out of you. That is a big step to get it out of you. Yeah, God can communicate, you know, through other folks. What was that, James? I was they could communicate. If they want to reach me, they can reach me through you. Yeah, yeah, or, and you can reach James as well through me if you're dealing with this hurt and, and stuff through an affair. Um, I challenge you to do that. Don't just keep it in the dark. Don't wallow in your pain. It's important. Um, so that's the show. The website is digitalaudioproject.com. The book is Taking a Bullet. I will have a link on my website. Uh, is it on Amazon yet? I don't believe it is. I think it's just through Outskirts. Outskirts, right. But uh, again get the book um, it might might take three days to come to you make that decision and 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 you know that point of waiting is another hurdle to get over but it's powerful it's a decision that you've made I'm gonna wait till this book comes in the mail before I make any severing kind of decisions so um, do that 
if that's the only way you have access to this book. I think it is that powerful. Uh, I, would, I would not lie to you, but I do not play around with this ministry. This is not something I do for fun or for money. I'm not going to get rich off this. I, I just think it's that powerful that, that folks adopt attitudes and make those decisions. So, again, until next week, where do you go? Where do you go now from here? This will end part two of Taking a Bullet. Till next week. Bye.